Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Hey everybody, I've been uh, heavy-hearted and deeply distressed these uh, past few days trying to process the tragedy of George Floyd's um, death in America, um, how it occurred, why it occurred, um, what was done to make it occur, and uh, all the surrounding events that have emerged um, from that and uh, the struggles of trying to make sense of the various aspects of debate and conversation and statements and requirements and demands that are coming to the fore with that of the potential for broken relationships and uh, 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 through disagreements and uh, I've struggled greatly um, with that and this has not been uh, for me an easy day as I have tried to from six o'clock this morning it's now eight in the evening uh, try to gather my thoughts and, and feelings to where I can at least make uh, some kind of um, some kind of uh, declaration um, statements too big a word it's not really a statement um, some kind of expression is probably the best uh, description I could use some kind of expression of of my thinking and um, uh, um, where it is taking me and uh, what I would like to share with you now uh, I appreciate in such a sensitive situation as this for some I may say too much for some I will say too little uh, for some I may say the things you want me to say um, for for some I may not say the things that you would like me to say uh, I do not put myself forward as an expert on this subject matter. Uh, what I will say is that I have tried to talk particularly and to learn from um, members of the black community and friends of mine who are uh, of uh, uh, African-American, those who have, have um, also from, uh, from very specific slave families uh, in their, in their um, uh, genealogy. And uh, I have found an interesting mix of viewpoints uh, from those across the country which um, uh, some could be dismissed, some not be dismissed. And the argument of, well, that's a left-wing view, that's a right-wing view, uh, whatever. It's so easy, folks, for us to dismiss others because they don't um, hold the same convictions as we do to the same degree or they don't have the same persuasions or we don't like their argument and um, having been raised in a in a um, uh, a very forward uh, evangelical Pentecostal uh, background um, I know how intolerance can creep in from all levels and how we can uh, limit our own willingness to listen to a wider debate and perhaps in losing that we miss 
we miss the real and the true secrets to resolving the very problem that we're all wanting to resolve. I think all of us want an end to racism, um, absolutely and completely. We want an end to discrimination. Uh, we want equality. We want justice. I think we all do. And so we need to listen. And uh, the thing is not for us to fight our corner. The thing is for us to try and move together towards a solution that in love and kindness will bring about the end that I think we all uh, desire and are looking for. If there's one thing that I've learned from my study of scripture, it is that, it is this, that if we get stuck in a story, we risk missing the truth that transcends the story. And uh, I would offer that as an advice in this and say we must not minimise or... Um, um, or disregard the story of current events, particularly with uh, George Floyd being at the centre of it. Um, but if we get stuck in the story, we may, we may risk missing the truth that transcends the story. Uh, and hopefully, as I talk to you, that the reason for me saying that will, uh, will emerge. Uh, the situation that we face is nothing new in the history of civilization. We have made progress... Uh, over the years but to our shame and I don't use that word lightly shame is a word that I would very very rarely use um, some may feel it's not the right word now but but then maybe it is it is the right word in that it it um, implies to us the right uh, emotion that that we have made progress but to our shame too slowly um, you only have to take a brief look at world history as far back as we have records to realise it's all inseparably intermingled with empire, colonialism and subjugation. We must be real careful not just to look at this situation from one issue um, of, of empire and colonialism. This has been going on uh, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, whether it was the Roman Empire or the Byzantine Empire uh, or the British Empire uh, or whatever it was, this has been going on for thousands of years. So, so, so these, this, these problems are not new and one could argue we should have resolved them by now. Uh, but we haven't. So we've got to face uh, the issue. I think we've made progress, but as I said, I think way too slowly. It's interesting, as I've listened to various aspects of conversation on this matter, that um, in in the Gospels, in Luke chapter 7, there is um, a little story recorded there of, of a, a Roman centurion whose servant, the actual word um, in there in the text is, 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 is more accurately translated slave, uh, it gets sick. And it says that this centurion loved his slave, um, his servant, and uh, sent word to Jesus that Jesus might come and, uh, and heal this, this servant. And... Uh, the messengers who came uh, tried to qualify with Jesus the, the, um, the right of this centurion to have his servant healed because they said he loves our nation and uh, he has built a synagogue. Um, and um, 
cut a long story short, the you know the uh, the the servant dies, a message goes to Jesus, but uh, the centurion understands authority, and he said, "Look, I I have authority. I say to servant go, and he go. Uh, uh, I say to a soldier go, and he goes. I say to a soldier come, and he comes. And he says, and I say to a slave do this, and he does it. Uh, but I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. But I know you have authority." And if you'll just speak the word, I know my servant will be healed. Now, the story says that Jesus turned to the people and said, I've never seen faith like this in all of Israel. And uh, go home, your servant is is well. Now, uh, what I want to say about that is, isn't it interesting that the very issues that we are looking at at the moment are referred to in this little story um, whatever one says about the centurion, he was uh, a servant of the Roman Empire and would have to outwork and fulfill the instructions of the empirical masters who had subjugated the nation of Israel and brought it under oppression. Uh, and yet he was kind to a slave. Is this a justification for having slaves? Not at all. But there was kindness in there in this situation. And the plea was, look, he's done great things for our city. So you should heal his kid because uh, we were all blessed because he put money into the city. Can you see how quite amazingly there are parallels for so many um, of the conversations, arguments, frustrations that have been coming out in recent days. Now, um, I don't raise this issue to, to make a point other than to say that, that 2,000 years ago, these same issues that we are wrestling with now were happening then. And the sad thing is, although they were happening and there may have been kindness, we have not managed somehow it, it, it for us I mean let's just let's just say in the last 2,000 years to resolve uh, those issues and yeah we, we we need to have a greater understanding we need to do better um, I would say for us at Q Church in York that we have committed ourselves uh, to a hopeful vulnerability that comes from living by the statement that we would rather have questions that can't be answered than answers that can't be questioned. And I I will stand by that statement in this situation and say this drives me uh, in the way that I want to acquire understanding. So hopefully we can uh, move this conversation and move this reality along in the context of the subject matter um, at hand. My own personal experience has shown me that where there is not an environment um, that we have answers that can't be questioned. We have to have that. If we don't have an environment where answers can be questioned, uh, my experience has shown me that, 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 that where this is not a lived reality, uh, that honest debate is replaced by dismissive dogma. And that dismissive dogma develops into a self-propagating fundamentalism. I've been there in my upbringing. And that labels anyone and everyone who does not think the exact same way or does not use the prescribed prayers and confessions a heretic who should be tortured 
until they recant. Now, we're not in the Middle Ages, so we don't use the torture methods of the Middle Ages, but we, we can use uh, things like social media. We can use um, all kinds of ways to, to try and torture the heretic until they recant of their heresy. And this, this for me, is, is too near a mirror of the dreaded Spanish Inquisition um, of the Middle Ages, the, the Salem witch trials, the, the lynching culture of the Wild West and the Deep South. We simply become propagators of that uh, same system uh, just by different methods and different, uh, different applications. And, and this cannot be the way. It cannot be the way. Much as we may want to hate, hatred can only divide us, never bring us together, never resolve the problem or, or, or bring a solution to the debate or the challenge. Um, our recent history, in all honesty, doesn't make pleasant reading. Um, and the things I will mention are, is un, this is not an exhaustive list by any means uh, at all. It, it really is just um, picking a few things that may bring this home to us, but but it's not pleasant reading. You know, think about it. Segregation in America. It really isn't. It isn't that long. It's in my lifetime. That segregation in America actually uh, was challenged to the extent that 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 you know bl black men and women could could ride the same buses and and eat at the same restaurants etc. That that's far too too recent for me to be comfortable with. We we should have learned more and could have learned more, uh, but didn't and and haven't. And it's unpleasant. What about apartheid in South Africa? But, but I also bring in on that, what about the mass executions of the Akolai and Lango tribes in Uganda and the expulsion of Asians? There's the racism, the genocide in Rwanda of Tutsi and Hutus, the persecution of Christians and Muslims in northeast India, which goes on this very day. Or about so-called modern slavery through people trafficking or more recently the death of Stephen Lawrence in London at the hands of racist thugs in 1993 which, which um, started a process I think of challenge for us in the UK to think about uh, how we are racist and, and, and in what way we express maybe a, an institutional racism uh, it made us think about that. And most recently, of course, George Floyd in the US, the victim of unwarranted police brutality. The death of George Floyd has, has put the issue of racial discrimination and oppression of minorities front and centre of our attention, for now at least. I know enough about humanity that, that this could and will blow over unless we let it affect us in the right way um, and in the right spirit so that we can move uh, this whole thing forward that has struggled throughout human history to move forward about which we have more forward now than we have ever been in many of our countries but but still not far enough. See men, many of us and me included willingly uh, willingly wrestling to, to fully understand the Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. 
Um, black lives do matter. I think some of this is a generational uh, thing of having experienced uh, different things to the younger generation and not only ourselves but through our parents and grandparents and their experiences. Um, but, but believe me, we are, we are willing, willingly wrestling to fully understand uh, the Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter uh, equation. Um, black lives do matter. They do. And uh, we hold to that. I hold to that. And uh, I'm trying to walk a journey in, in what that looks like and, and what that means uh, for me and maybe my influence on people that I lead. Um, but we must remember our world is rife with injustices. If, if this current event refocuses our attention to be actively correcting those injustices, then we will have both lived in and transcended the story. See, we've got to transcend the story, otherwise we get stuck within it. And uh, the anger and the bitterness uh, and the sense of retribution it will bring will not bring us to the outcome that we are looking for. Um, I think there is a universally shared abhorrence at the death of George Floyd. Uh, however, views on the reasons behind the problem are diverse, even in the black community, whether we like it or not. And that itself stirs controversy. I know that it does steep, deep controversy with some of you, but we should listen. My personal view, this is me speaking. Um, uh, you know, I remember there's a, an amazing bit in the Bible where Paul's talking to some people and he says, OK, this is the Lord talking. And then he says, OK, this is me, not the Lord. This is my view. Well, this is me speaking. Um, um, I am going to listen to a black person with a differing view to the one that some hold in respect to the Black Lives Matter debate than I am a white person from anywhere who holds an opinion on the Black Lives Matter debate. It is primarily and, and uh, in its foremost application something that we should hear the voices of, of the black community. And if some do not say the things we'd like them to say, it's we can they can be labelled as um, you know Republicans, fascists, um, uh, uh, ignorant, whatever, um, and and we do that. But I do want to listen to primarily black voices over white voices, but then also white voices uh, complimenting coming in and uh, at least sharing in the pain uh, that this brings and hopefully because it's going to take all of us it's going to take all of us if we are going to resolve this problem and so we should make space for that um, i know feelings are strong in some quarters uh, but listen to me when reason is replaced by insult and intellect by raw emotion and curiosity by preconception, instead of ascending to a new enlightenment, we descend into the very mindset that created the problem in the first place. This should not be a win or lose situation, but a surrender by all and to all situation. Otherwise, we just flip the coin or turn the sides where the oppressed become the oppressors and the wounded become the wounders. 
So where does that take us? Martin Luther King's message was love and it got him killed. Nelson Mandela's message was forgiveness from 27 years in a prison cell and it got him the presidency. Strange that one avowed peace and died violently and one avowed violence in his early days at least and died peacefully. I do not know the answer. Nelson Mandela wrote, In real life we deal not with gods but with ordinary humans like ourselves. Men and women who are full of contradictions, who are stable and fickle, strong and weak, famous and infamous. People in whose bloodstream the muckworm battles daily with potent pesticides. That's the words of Nelson Mandela and the struggle to press through in all of us to get this right. Their combined wisdom call us to centre everything in love, tolerance, forgiveness and reconciliation. True tolerance is an act of love, not law. We don't primarily need to change the law. We need to change the love. Let me finish with some Nelson Mandela quotes. And he wrote this in his book, Long Walk to Freedom, in 1995 it was published. Uh, and uh, it's kind of a little, a little uh, um, humorous dig. In my country, we go to prison first and then become president. That's Nelson Mandela. That's his sense of humour. We must strive to be moved by a generosity of spirit that will enable us to outgrow the hatred and conflicts of the past. You will achieve more in this world through acts of mercy than you will through acts of retribution. It never hurts to think too highly of a person. Often they become ennobled and act better because of it. Resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill your enemies. Forgiveness liberates the soul. It removes fear. That's why it's such a powerful weapon. Reconciliation does not mean forgetting or trying to bury the pain of conflict, but that reconciliation means working together to correct the legacy of past injustice. For to be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. No one is born hating another person because of the colour of his skin, or his background, or his religion. They must learn to hate, and if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love. For love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite. I pray that we find that place of love so that in that place of love, righteousness and justice can flow like a mighty river. I love you. I bless you. I hope this helps in some small way. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash QChurchYork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest. <laughs>